Anatoly, how are you doing? You know what? I've got a little bit of mixed feelings right now. And let me tell you why. So I just talked to our designer about a new project. And every time I'm talking to designer, I'm a little bit scared. Why so? So when I propose some creative things to do, they look at me like shit. And when they show things that they find beautiful, well, I have to uh, admit, I'm not a huge fan of all of them. Well, you might be not enough who struggle with this issue, but you know what? I don't think we should fear it all the time. Our today's guest has enough experience to help us fight this problem. So, hi guys, to some new episode of a product drama podcast. This is Nantoli. This is Max. And today we have our new awesome guest, Agata Gamer, a product designer at Relief and co-organizer at Ladies at UX Amsterdam. So, hi Gata. Hey guys. I'm still a little bit afraid. Can you do the first question? Well, I guess I can. So, you know what? You shouldn't be afraid of all designers. At least there are a lot of types of them. And okay. to clarify everything right now and make just, just this final move, let's clarify, like, what's the difference between product designer, UI designer, and UX designer? Can you help us with this, Agata? It's also, like, quite a tough question. Uh, so, <laughs> good job on that. Uh, I think even like in design field, people are struggling to find the difference between UX designer and the product designer. Uh, so UI designer is a designer who does solely UI, so user interface. Um, they don't really uh, do user experience. They don't create flows. They don't think about uh, logic and uh, uh, that's about it. Uh, so usually they uh, are being presented uh, with uh, some logic or uh, some wireframes by UX designers. And then UI designers, they uh, just draw an interface on top of that. Uh, UX designers, on the other hand, are responsible for user experience. Uh, you would expect from them doing research, uh, you would expect from them doing, in, doing wireframes, uh, interviewing users, interviewing stakeholders, uh, getting of, I don't know, flows uh, and different user scenarios. That would be an outcome of their work. Uh, and product designers are, uh, they might sound a bit similar to UX designers, but product designers care not only about user experience, but also about business metrics. So this is like a really tough uh, task to maintain the balance between uh, user experience and uh, driving the well, business metrics and get, making a company succeed. Well, thank you. So Anatoly, like after this detailed answer, like <laughs> have you actually considered like who you scared the most of? Or? A bit scared, but I'm gonna try this uh, second question. So, uh, how do you uh, working with developers? Uh, that's what I uh, mostly do. Uh, with years, I started to understand how to uh, understand if person is senior or less senior. Their behavior is a little different. So. Do you, do you know any tricks how a person can understand if designer is good or not? Because frankly speaking, portfolio, uh, I'm not sure whether portfolio says a lot to a person who is not a designer because what they see is just a bunch of beautiful pixels and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the first important thing is uh, like talking to person and trying to understand the story and uh, checking all the whys behind the stuff they did. So for instance, uh, I don't know, you see a website on a portfolio, right? Uh, and the first question you should, should be asking, like what kind of problem like we're trying to solve? 
And if designer can elaborate that clearly and uh, can also present you with uh, well some metrics or maybe some results of the work that has been done, uh, you are talking to someone who is uh, from meter to senior level. Uh, but uh, also another thing, like when you present someone with the problem, uh, usually junior designers, they tend to jump straight into solutions uh, without asking questions. Uh, so that could be a really good uh, well test assignment, I guess. And uh, more senior designers, they usually ask questions like, oh, but why do you need it in the first place? Uh, or what are you trying to solve with that? So, yeah, but unfortunately, there are no, like, no silver bullets to that. Um, and yeah, you just need to talk and also to make mistakes and then probably learn from these mistakes. Well, it's also the uh, same as the, with developers. You you find it uh, your way, actually, and it takes some uh, attempts to understand who is like more senior and who is less senior. Yeah, it's also like, you know, like a worry sign when a designer just coming to do something or a person coming to do something in every industry without getting more details from you. Uh, so it really should like, you know, scare you even more than designers. Uh, but speaking also of designer's portfolio, because when a developer showing you your, his portfolio, it's possible to him, you know, just to prove that he wrote this code like after this. But as from the designer's perspective, I mean, is it that easy to prove that it's portfolio yours or you can just show some stolen portfolio and like just act like it's your own? Uh, once I I was reviewing portfolio where someone stole uh, illustration from Dropbox and uh, told me that uh, he drew them himself. Uh, so it's uh, yeah I think like in some circles it's pretty pretty common and like I mean also with design like there is nothing new so like all designers steal things uh, or like let's say are, are getting inspired by other designers and then you just uh, get like lots of references and then you synthesize that into your design. Um, but yeah, like I think one way to eliminate uh, like thieves and people who are clearly not designers uh, and like the works they presented are not theirs is test assignments. So something small and uh, also like not only like try to not only look in, on uh, beautiful pixels because uh, in the end like designer thinking is uh, what matters. Well, I see, because, yeah, really, I mean, being just transparent from the very beginning, I mean, it's crucial in every product. And I actually maybe can understand those designers who try, was trying to show the stolen portfolio because maybe it, you know, like, just was a shot for them because, like, actually they're not wasting anything, maybe just losing their reputation, but still it's like a chance to get a better job. Maybe. Yeah, so sooner or later you you may find a company that is stupid enough to, <laughs> to, to fire you, right? Box, yeah. <laughs> because, uh, hey, here's Google, I desire it. Yeah, but it shouldn't work in this way. But still, it's a very important uh, thing from the very beginning in a product with a designer uh, to make sure as for a customer that you and designer are thinking in the same direction. So maybe, you know, you can give some tips to a client so he should put his attention on what things are most crucial to understand that your designer are both thinking in the same way and the final result will satisfy you both? For that, you first of all have to be open-minded and also like, I guess, uh, like in this question, I'm always on the, on the side of designers. Uh, but yeah, you have to be open-minded and you also have to have a clear understanding what do you want to get out of that collaboration. Of course, if you're hiring someone to make your website or your app pretty, it's uh, one thing. And uh, if you want help of a professional to figure out some problem or to improve usability of things, that's another one. Uh, but 
so depending on what you're looking for, uh, there are like several different strategies. So of course, for beautiful uh, websites and applications, you can uh, just hire a UI designer and that would be it. But for figuring out the problems and trying to um, add more value to your product, you should hire a UX designer or better product designer. Um, and make sure that this person has uh, an understanding of your business, uh, because otherwise it will be really hard to communicate when things are not working. And also it will be hard for designer to uh, well get proper insights from any kind of research he or she will be doing. This is such a uh, open uh, term that everyone thinks different uh, things. Uh, yeah, just like common sense, like seeing outside the box, but still like what the box is. Like yeah. you just have to understand it exactly. to think out of it. Absolutely. So um, I think the well, the rule of thumb is uh, try to not think in solutions because it's like a, like a human default and like we all do that. Uh, every time we see, uh, well, that something isn't working, we have a solution to that. Uh, I have this example, uh, which was like almost a textbook example from uh, my, like several years ago from my previous company. And uh, at some point in time, manager came to me and he was like, yeah, we have to improve usability of uh, the tool uh, our customers are using because uh, yeah, it's not working properly. Like we don't see enough results and uh, we don't see people uh, adding highlights uh, to the videos. Uh, so I was like, I was very skeptical about that because like, uh, like the manager came to me over the solution. He was, uh, he already knew what to do. Uh, it was almost like, oh, draw me a button here or draw me a drop, <laughs> drop down here and we are done. Uh, but if you like, if you dig deeper and uh, what my manager allowed me to do, he was, uh, well, he's a very open-minded person. So we went and researched, we spoke to our users, we tried to understand like uh, why exactly they're not adding the highlights to the video. And here I should probably give you some backstory. So I was working for a football streaming company and uh, we had this tool which allowed people to stream football, uh, well, stream football matches and at uh, like important uh, game moments or highlights, uh, like goals or corner kicks or penalties uh, to the video stream. Uh, and of course, like for the product, like these highlights, they are extremely important because uh, these highlights are basically the main distribution channels. People would share the goals on social media, more users will come in and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, highlights, as I mentioned, highlights are super important. People are not adding them uh, and just making things usable uh, wouldn't cut it. So uh, after talking to, to our users, we understood the problem. And the uh, thing is that uh, we used to work uh, with third league, uh, second league, uh, amateur and semi-professional football. Uh, and usually these people, like uh, the stadiums they play on, they usually don't really have a cover. Uh, people uh, don't have like spare laptops uh, and like football season is usually, uh, well, like from autumn to, to spring uh, when the weather is quite bad. So. That's why people were just streaming with uh, with the phone uh, or like with the with the camera uh, without adding highlights because like they didn't really have any place to cover uh, their laptops. So what we did, we just uh, developed uh, an application which helped people to add highlights within the streaming application, uh, and that was it. And it actually changed that so dramatically. Like I think we had an increase like in fifty or like sixty percent of uh, highlights added. And it was quite a quite a game changer for all these uh, well second third division clubs. Wow, wow! It's like pretty interesting case because just like the 
significant part was that the weather changed the product plan. I mean, mm -hmm. so it's kind of, you know, unusual thing, I think, for most of products just like to consider the season of a year when you're building your product, but still, so the solution was in like, uh, keeping in mind that weather in autumn, in spring can be rainy. I mean, well, it's fascinating just to uh, consider it when you're building your product. Uh, moving over with this question, uh, let's say we've, we've covered the previous situation and uh, I came to you and uh, you told me like, you have to be open-minded. And then I return, I'm saying like, okay, I'm open-minded person now. Uh, do you have any tips how uh, it is better or more efficient to talk to a designer when you are open-minded person? Th that's something that we can also, like, also we as designers can learn as well is, uh, well, try to not, not talk about design, uh, but talk about uh, why exactly that design is there in the first place. So, for instance, uh, like, I don't know, I made a design for you with rainbow, rainbow buttons and you don't really like these buttons. So, of course... <laughs> it's a Pride Month. I, I think everyone's just uh, using them right now. Well, yeah, but uh, let's say that, yeah, like the buttons were outside the Pride Month, so, uh, and you don't really like them. Uh, but, so, of course, it asks for conversation why exactly buttons are rainbow buttons. And they're, well senior designer or like media designer or any sane designer would tell you like, yeah, probably it wasn't the best idea because if the brand isn't in rainbow uh, and there is like no scientific studies that say that uh, rainbow buttons convert people better, uh, they are not supposed to be there. Like try to talk with reason, but not with uh, opinions about design. I'm interested in how uh, customer can measure the performance of the designer, especially when there are multiple kinds of designers. And uh, can we measure uh, design in numbers or this designer? I guess we can for some, but uh, not for everyone. Again, like if you if you have the definition of success uh, somewhere in the back of your mind and you know what you expect from the collaboration with the designer, it's already rather easy to um, to measure again, like I cannot speak for all companies, but like at Relief, we measure literally everything, and design there is very much measured. So every design change you make, you already try to think uh, what kind of what kind of change this change will bring, if it makes sense, uh, and then you can quantify that. So, for instance, if you're working on uh, I know on onboarding funnel, you like you set up the primary metric that will that you will use to measure your success by um, I know to onboard X amount of users uh, so if you hit the metric then design was yeah was good enough for the users and it helped them to onboard and help them to make the job so basically we, we don't measure design using some uh, specific design metrics we just measure the business and uh, design as a part of the business is yeah like of course there are like uh, lots of like metrics uh, or like well, lots of tools that you can use as well to measure uh, I don't know, usability of your website or your application uh, like usually have like I don't know a hot jar uh, or mm -hmm. other like tools that create heat maps or record JavaScript events um, and then you can watch and see uh, watch recordings and see if people are struggling with I don't know checkout or if they are well scrolling down the page and read the important information the designer put there. 
probably they won't, but well. Uh, so like you can use lots of things. Like I think the most important part is to know upfront what do you expect from from that. What are the three worst questions to ask designer? Like the most the most cliche ones, man. <laughs> can you make it pop? Have you have you played with the fonts? <laughs> I, I don't think there are like really bad questions to ask. I think like all questions are valid and uh, they really depend on the situation and and the person. So I would say there are no bad questions uh, to ask with designers. The point that the worst question is that you're afraid to ask, but I think it's really not necessary to ask a designer, like, can we make this button red? Because like that things are too common and like, indeed, you just have to be transparent in everything to be completely sure that you're like, okay, we're good about everything. So you shouldn't just afraid to. Probably one of the last questions from my side, which books would you recommend for customers to read? to better understand designers, to uh, improve their communications with designers? Oof, that's a, that's a tough question. Um, yeah, but it's an interesting one. So I guess uh, like I would recommend like design, design basics 101 is uh, the design of everyday things by Don Norman. Um, it's, a, it's a great read for everyone who is uh, well, interested in design and like i think not even designers but just like in general it's it's nice it's nice read um another thing i would recommend uh, i recently finished uh, listen like you mean it um and it's this is a book uh which was written by a researcher like user researcher uh but it really helps like to structure the conversation uh and ask the questions that you would like to ask and also have tough, weird, uh, awkward talks uh, going smoothly. So getting back to the point where you're uh, afraid to ask the wrong question or you're afraid to ask, to ask questions in general, that book would definitely help. And since right now we're talking about how to improve the communication between design and customer, maybe just let's discuss one initial thing. So what in general, I think that it's quite common problem for uh, like for a business when it comes to designer that business or like business representative that just don't know, doesn't know what they actually want to build. I mean, so they just like, they have an idea, uh, but still they don't have uh, a clue how they want to see it and how they like want to uh, make it. But still, uh, speaking of this, maybe you can just recommend a to-do list for a customer that he has to prepare before coming to a performer. So you know, makes this process more smooth and simple. The first item of uh, that to-do list would be probably the problem that you're trying to solve or the problem that you think there is. Um, so from that example, uh, with, uh, with the video, fo football video tool I've been working on, like we've been thinking that the problem was the usability, but in fact it was, uh, well, the outdoor, uh, outdoor surroundings of people who were streaming. So come with a problem and uh, also with any kind of insights that you were able to gather from your customers or from customer success people or from customer support people. Um, and that would be uh, good good enough, probably also with, uh, I guess, the time frame that you want to have that designed. Um, that would be, that would be good. That's at least would be, it will be something at least. So it will be certainly better if after this episode, like 
designers will get new clients resisted the list and it will be way simpler i mean at least we'll feel the values that we delivered to the world just with this with that like simple question and answer uh, probably uh, one more uh, i would like to, to ask how how as a client understand that the problem i'm going uh, with uh, the designer is the actual problem like in your case with the video uh, tool the problem that uh, your manager uh, came with uh, to you was not the problem you you solved at the end right yeah that's a that's a great question and usually uh, well i mean you never know upfront if uh, the problem that you think is a problem is actually a problem uh, or what is the scale of that problem and so on because sometimes uh, you have, you know, these problems where, I don't know, like some fields, they don't really work uh, and people kind of type their names or whatever. But when you look at the data, you see like the scale of the problem is like extremely tiny comparing to majority of users and like majority of users not experiencing that. Uh, but same like could, could be in a B2B environment where you have like this very vocal customer who is always complaining about things and you're already ready to run to your designers, your project managers and ask them to fix everything and like build that new feature that blocks that person. But again, if you would take a look at the data and see the scale, that again might be one vocal person uh, or one vocal client. So uh, you never know upfront and uh, the only thing that will help you to know that is uh, research, uh, interviewing customers, uh, interviewing stakeholders, interviewing users, uh, looking at data if there is any. Uh, and it could be done by designer or it could be even done by managers. Uh, like again, in my company, everyone interviews our users. So it's not only like designer's prerogative. So I shouldn't uh, be nervous if uh, I'm coming to designer asking to make the button red and she answers like, hey, I need uh, to do some research in order to understand the problem. And, and I'm like, what? I would just, uh, I just want to make this button red. It's, it's very easy. Yeah, like the, the right answer still might be like the button is supposed to be red, for instance. Uh, but sometimes uh, it might, yeah, it might be not. So like if you want to de-risk that and uh, like if you like to think about your product or like the service you're offering in the long-term scenario, it's probably worth investing money into research and uh, taking things slowly rather than just changing colors of the buttons or delivering features that no one will ever use. Like the kind of, you know, vital things for successful products, for successful design or for successful job and communication between the like the client and this product designer is to just be transparent in your thoughts like just ask questions that you're like afraid or not and still you know being open-minded whatever right. it means <laughs> <laughs> yeah whatever it means okie dokie then yeah so guys i really want to thank so today's guest agata gave for being with us for answering these questions and i believe that we made an insight for customers who were or who were planning to come to designers or who will certainly make it in the future because i think once they everybody everyone like can just face this problem and it will be a certain like list of tips for them yeah or who want it or uh, and afraid to so yeah so today we had agata gave a product designer at relief Thanks you guys so much for watching our episode. I hope you will stay tuned for the next one because still we're growing, changing our gear and making this podcast better for you. It was Project Drama Podcast. Max, 
Anatoly. Bye, guys. Goodbye.